0: good people out there this is uh, Paul Perdue and this is Talking Antiques uh, coming from live or hopefully live one day on 1350 WZGM and TuneIn Radio and uh, my very good producer is Leslie Goldbold and she is uh, extremely good to me and uh, of course I'm normally a very nice person but I have to keep on her good side because if I didn't I probably wouldn't be going out on this show today, would I, Leslie? You're correct. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, you see, the, uh, you you still have that whip there. So, thankfully, she hasn't taken that whip out for the... Um, uh, this is my third show, and, and so I'm in good stead. Now, today is a very very good day for me because today I have my first sponsor and uh, my first sponsor is Village Antiques of Biltmore and I want to thank Village Antiques of Biltmore for taking a chance on this Irishman and uh, giving, giving him a, a chance to do this radio show and um, I just want to ask all you good people out there that if you like this show please go in to Village Antiques they are in Biltmore on 755 Biltmore Avenue. And I will put all the information up on my Facebook page, which is called Talking Antiques. And I'll put a link to it and our web address. And go in and talk to David and uh, Terry and Zenda and uh, tell them that the Irishman sent you. And if you're uh, interested in buying just one item, or if you're interested in buying a whole house full of items, they are the people to go to. And, you know, their business looks very mundane. You wouldn't think much of it when you go by. But when you go in, you're walking into another world. And if you like uh, English and Irish furniture and and objects, the art, like I do, they have uh, a small collection of that. They mostly like uh, French country furniture. They have some Italian. And, of course, they have American. But they also have paintings. They have uh, jewellery, silver, gold, plates, boxes, you name it. So if you get a moment to be down in in the, the famous village of Biltmore, call into Village Antiques and tell them I sent you there. And if they don't look after you, you come back to me. So today's sort of uh, program is sort of a little bit different than normally what I would do, but today is I'm going to talk about beginning collecting. A lot of people... Keep asking me, you know, Paul, you're the expert. You know, you know all of this stuff. What I you know, I don't know anything. So I'm just going to give out four rules today of what I follow, my four rules of following. And the very first one is that you don't buy anything you don't like. You must like what you like. If you like something, it doesn't matter what it is, and you want to collect that item or items or paintings or furniture, Glassware, it doesn't matter. That's the very first rule of time. You must like it because you're gonna to have to live with it. And if you don't want to live with it, well you don't buy it. The second rule I follow is that you keep it in within your budget. Don't buy something that you cannot afford. Yeah, very important when you're going to the antique markets and the flea markets and the antique shops and all of that to you know when you see something don't be afraid to haggle these people like to haggle but always try and keep within your range of course if you're at an auction and you're bidding on something you have to remember that there could anything the fees on an item that you buy is anything between 12 and 20 percent so if you buy something for a hundred dollars you have to add on either 12 to twenty dollars on top of that for auctioneer's fees, so it's very important to be have it in your mind what you want to spend. Number three is that you must sort of if you're interested in collecting, no matter what it is, is to get the knowledge on it. We are like I when I started collecting, I, I had a multitude of different ways. We hadn't got the internet like I'm getting old lately, you know, getting white. Beard and I'm on the way out, but when I was uh, starting, I, I had to go to the library. I we had the Miller's Guide in in Europe, and and um, I would learn from other people and antique dealers and stuff. And I would go to auctions and stuff, and you would learn that way. You'd find out what the market and what people were interested in, and, and then you would go and you would learn about the items. But nowadays, all you have to do is put in a name, go to Google wikipedia or type in we say ryle dalton and get their website and, and start learning you can go into google and put in a, a a picture find out a picture images of stuff and see if you can find your object and whatever so today you have an astronomical amount of knowledge out there that you can find so it's a little bit easier to learn what you want to learn today and the fourth item or the fourth rule that I really live by is that I don't buy anything that just because I think it's valuable. most of the most of the items that I bought that ended up being more valuable than what I paid for was by pure accident because I didn't know enough about them and then as I learned I realized that I I had something a little bit rarer. The was a little bit different in colour, it was a little bit different in bit different make. And that is how you find out when you go through the reference box and when you go and searching what items, depending if you're collecting glass, like on color, you know a lot of people don't realize, we say like on ruby glass, that how you make ruby glass, they have to put gold into the furnace and that's how you get the red ruby color and uh, people, a lot of people don't know that. but. Y- that's one little thing that you know that they have to use gold and that's what makes some ruby glass quite expensive cranberry glass is a very collectible item it looks like cranberry very light coloured rose coloured glass and um, in Ireland and England that's very very collectible because it's very hard to make then you have bristol glass and cobalt blue and all of these different colours so the thing is that you don't buy something uh, that you think is going to be worth a lot of money because that's one surefire way that you're going to end up losing because you'll buy it thinking that it's valuable and you'll end up learning that it's not worth what a, what you paid for. So them four little rules are basically the start of collecting. And uh, and I, I try my best. Of course, I make mistakes and I don't follow my own rules, but... you. Yeah, if you get that into you, you will you will really enjoy. Uh, yeah, you will really enjoy sort of the art of collecting. The whole thing about collecting is to have fun. The whole thing about collecting is to have enjoyment of it. Because when you when you have the enjoyment of collecting, it it, it you start meeting a lot of people. You know, the art of collecting is a passion which which can last a lifetime. It can enrich your life and bring great joy. It has the power to hold tightly onto your dreams. You might, you know, it's amazing with the the speed of today's world, with everything going so fast, that when you pick up an item that was made 100, 150 years ago, the beauty of it, where you can sort of relax and, you know, basically sort of let your mind drip back and, how many hands, how many people handled that piece from the time it was made to the time it came into your possession. That is the beauty of collecting. And, you know, it is is sort of, um, as one would say, it is a never-ending quest. I am still learning. You know, I'm learning even today. I learned something new last night that will will be talked about on the second half. So in the second half of the show, I have a new little uh, segment coming up and uh, we will talk about it after that. And just remember, we are talking on 1350 WZGM, independent Astral Radio, and on the TuneIn app. It'll be live streamed. And, of course, we'll be doing podcasts, which will go onto my Facebook page called Talking Antiques. So I look forward to seeing you in the second half. And this show is called Talking Antiques. And, of course, my name is Paul Perdue, and I'm the Irishman. Well, I'm starting to do a jig in the room today. Leslie caught me with that one on on the Irish music. I wasn't expecting that, and I I better calm down now stop stamping the feet. Um, Leslie, you caught me on that one. Where did you get that little bit of music? I'm not sure. It was on my uh, Spotify. We use uh, music for Spotify, and there it was. And I thought, I feel like apples in winter, and that's the name of it. Well, I, I think, I think uh, we might use that one again. That was good. I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw you over there jumping around with your feet. Yeah, but you see, I'm Irish. You know, uh, then, then when the old jig starts going, I have to, the old foot starts having the top. You know, <laughs> you're not Irish if you don't jig. So but thankfully, I'm getting too old to be flicking the feet up in the air like uh, uh Riverdance, but uh, uh, you know anyway. You did a good job. I appreciate that, but uh, that was a nice surprise. Now, it, in the last show, as we, as you know, Leslie, we talked about the, the art, my art of collecting, of my rules of collecting, and you know, it's different for everyone. And these rules that I that I pushed out in the last show, it's really just for you know, give you a guideline because a lot of people when don't know what to do, they're afraid. And, you know, if if anything, if you missed anything, don't worry about it because there will be a podcast of this show done and it will either be on my uh, Facebook page, which is called Talking Antiques, or it will be on another page, a podcast page. I'm not sure yet, but I think it will be on the Talking Antiques page, Facebook page. It it will. Paul, just to fill your listeners in on that, it will be, the link will be on your Facebook page so they can go to your Facebook page and and like that or join that and okay. then go to the page for the podcast you see now that's my boss talking there so i must <laughs> do what i'm told of that i want so it go to go to my facebook page called talking antiques and if you haven't liked my page please like it because once you like it then you get all the updates as it keeps coming on and uh, we, we we hope to have a bit of fun now one on the, the second part of the show I've, I'm trying out a new thing and I, I'm probably going to catch Leslie on where it's like she caught me with the music and it, we're going to sort of do maybe it might be every week or maybe once every uh, twice a month well, I'm not sure yet but it's going to be about do you remember it's going to be a little segment about do you remember like do you remember what your parents did or collected or whatever and you know my My very good wife came up with the idea, so i can 't really take credit for this one, so I have to give it to her and The first one we 're going to talk about is um, uh, ball jars mason jars by the company ball and and brothers and because i 'm and i 'm a European or an irishman uh, we it never was sort of a big thing in Ireland or England to have glass for cannings or stuff it wasn't something so I when I came over here I sort of you know I sort of said okay you know and I remember we were clearing out our garage and, and my wife was it said okay uh, my wife Sue was saying you know we need to get all this stuff out and of course I'm going through you know I'll, I'll keep this so we came to these jars uh mason jars and uh, I said, uh, what are you going to do with them? Well, I don't know. So we started going through them. Some of them had the the zinc caps on them with the porcelain insert. Some of them are glass and all that. So I said, do you want to sell them? No, I can't sell them. No, I can't. So in the end, of all of them, I think there was only two of them that she was willing to let go, and all the rest were, uh, as to her, was valuable. So I, was, I sort of said, okay, I need to sort of, um, you know, pick up a little bit of information and as i said in the last segment i'm learning you're always learning when you're collecting and you're always learning when you're in this business so a little bit about uh, the mason jar comp- uh, company or the mason jars and in, in themselves you know if we've always said that mason jars are an item commonly common to many households in the mountains and in the south used for canning fruit and vegetables or else the mountain folks would say putting food by but i never heard that saying before uh putting food by and i and i never heard that sorry i never heard that saying before and uh, i'm still doing that jig that's the problem with doing that jig there and the ball perfect uh, mason was a brand of glass uh fruit fruit jars or commonly called canning jars Made by the Ball Brothers Glass Company with headquarters based in Muncie. Uh, well, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Been Irish, it's M-U-N-C-I-E. 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 Muncie, is it? Muncie. Okay, Muncie, Indiana. And they were making them from 1887 to 1998, which is a long time for for uh, one town just to be making glass. That was their whole business. That's all they did. And uh, they say that the most common size of the blue jars with the zinc and porcelain lids were one pint, one quart, and half gallon size. Older jars, older jars had glass lids with metal bales on them, and this uh, tied them down, which is something that we've never seen in Ireland, except if you go back about, you know, maybe 150 years ago, where they had the bottles with the uh, the little metal on them. Uh, of drink or fizzy stuff mm-hmm. you would see them way way back now and the funny thing is that the the, the the great majority of these jars were made in a bluish aqua or uh ball blue colored glass and uh the late uh, you know they sort the of shade sort of changed to later versions up to around the, after around 1936. other colors are known but they're not so easily found including uh, cornflower blue, straw yellow, olive green, uh, olive amber, blackish olive, dark yellow, amber, light green, and medium green. Now, I didn't know any of them colours. I only knew the blue ones. So... Hmm. Now, there is a little bit of uh, urban legend about the blue mason jars. Do you know what it is? I... I don't know. Well... On the bottom of each one, there's a number, and uh, the number is the name of the mold, whatever the mold is, is the number. Now, some of these uh, jars would have uh, misspelt names on them, like perfect would be spelled P-E-R-F-F-C-T, or P-E-R-O-R-E-C-T, or P-E-R-E-F-C-T, For they would make uh, errors in them, and they're very rare and people collect them so this is you see when you're sort of collecting this is what happens you begin to find out what the rare ones are but one of the unusual ones that, that I was asking my, uh, to my wife was anything with the number 13 a jar with the number 13 is supposed to be quite collectible now there is a little bit of folklore on it that you know for the antique dealers and that would push it up but the reason why the number 13 is scarce is because moonshiners would smash them because they would think it would affect their business because 13 is unlucky. All unlucky and 13. And housewives would, would, if they were suspicious, would break the glasses as well. So, they would, so there's a scarcity of them. Now, if that's urban legend. We're not sure. Or they may be all stashed away or whatever. But at the moment... um. You know, you can find out an awful lot about this information uh, or what I'll put on my Facebook page. I'll put a link called uh, uh, balljar.net and it'll give a little bit of information about the whole company. So when you're looking at what your grandmother, your mother and your grandfather and your great-grandparents used, I just gave a little bit of information about that that I didn't even know. And um, so I think it's, this is how you start learning and this is how you start feeling when people say to me, because you know it all, Paul, you know, what do I need to do? Anyway, we, we are coming near to the end of the show, so it's very important that you sort of listen to us on 1350 WZGM on Independent National Radio and also on the TuneIn uh, app, live streaming, and of course I'll have a podcast and of course, you know, this is Talking Antiques with Paul Perdue and Leslie Gobold. And I hope, and I really hope, I will have the pleasure of having your company next time. Thank you.